best place for below average stars. Hello there, and welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I am the Geordie Jedi Pete. And I'm Jason Hondo Ling. And we are back with a brand new episode of Star Wars where we're going to be diving into the latest comings and goings in a galaxy far, far away. We're going to start it off by talking about The Bad Batch, obviously the third and final season. We've knew it's coming. We haven't known quite when, but now we do. They've released the trailer finally to the public um, and we've got a release date. And we've also got a list of episodes and the dates of all the episodes. So we're pretty much ready to go for the Bad Batch. I think we'll just dive in and talk about the trailer first. Um, but first up, uh, Jason, obviously we know there was rumblings in the fandom that a trailer could come at any time, and then a trailer did come at any time. So how were you feeling when the trailer hit? You feel, obviously not expecting it, and obviously what were your thoughts on sort of finally getting to, to watch that final trailer for this third and final season of Star Wars The Bad Batch coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it was um, it was something I was really looking forward to. Um, as you know, I'm a huge fan of anything animated and um, Bad Batch um, I'm really into. I'm currently re-watching all of the episodes in preparation for the final season. Um, and yeah, so to get a trailer, it sort of I, I spotted that it come out um, whilst I was at work, so I had to wait till I got home. And was really pleased to be able to sit and watch it. Um, and obviously, there's been a lot. A lot of the trailer was sort of what I expected from a bad batch trailer. Um, obviously, um, we're seeing that um, there's there's big rumblings. You know, the the whole thing looks like obviously the big thing is going to be to rescue Omega. Um, and I was, um, seeing more, obviously it looks like we're going to see more of the Emperor and his intentions. Um, so I think we're going to, I think we're going to get a resolution to what's been going on with the cloning, which obviously for what's happened in the films is quite a big thing, um, to know about. So that's something that I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, and then obviously watching the trailer, as I say, there was a lot of stuff. You know, you've got the wrecker smashing things, Hunter being the leader. I noticed there wasn't a huge amount of um, Echo. And obviously, um, apart from seeing him fall to his demise, um, there wasn't anything of um, Jack, which, you know, was interesting to say the least but I think that resolution or what happens there is something they're going to hold us waiting for um, obviously we also saw Crosshair um, being dragged through under arrest so to speak um, so it's going to be interesting to see you know is he going to be reunited with the guys um, and they've brought back a lot of you know we got the quick snippets of characters um, from the other series that have all appeared. Um, so obviously it looks like Cad Bane's coming back, Fennec Shand um, and many others. And then obviously the big reveal came at the end and is the one that everyone's talking about. Um, and we got this image. Well, first of all, we heard her voice and the unmistakable voice of Asajj uh, um yeah, so I was interested. And then it was the image, and it's like um, it was a very different image to what we've seen her as, really. Um, and obviously, although I haven't read the book, um, obviously there's a big thing about, strictly speaking, according to canon, she shouldn't even be alive at this time. Um, but we, we've had all the... the talk that this will be revealed and there will be a, a genuine reason 
um, and as you and I have said with Star Wars, um, and especially with the the character of Asajj, who's deep in this Night Sister magic, um, a resurrection of that character is is very plausible in my eyes. Um, so yeah, I'm, it it teased me um, that I really wanted to see what's going to happen. Um, and looking through like the lists of episodes, I'm really looking forward to watching them all. Let's just talk about Sarge Venter straight away, then I've got I'll pick for a little bit I want to talk about and deep dive into. So yeah, so you know we hear yeah. Sarge Venter's voice. You know she's very much saying that she doesn't want to kill who else she's talking to, which you might have to because they're annoying her in that true Venterous sarcasm and humour. Um, she's got a yellow yeah. lightsaber here as well. Um, you know I think I have read Dark Disciple, which is the novel, um, which was based on the final season of the Clone Wars scripts that didn't get made um, after the Disney merger with Lucasfilm, um, written by Katie Lucas, of all people, actually, uh, was that story arc. Um, I haven't read in a while, so I can't remember. I know she, they imply that she's dead in that book. I'm probably going to do a reread, I think, between now and the series coming out, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's Star Wars, you know. Um, if you think look at Star Wars most recently, you know, in the last five years, you know, I think, you know, the Grand Inquisitor got stabbed, survived. Uh, Reva got stabbed, survived. Palpatine got destroyed on a Death Star and survived. Um, you know, so, I mean, I hope it's more thought out than Palpatine just falling and blown up and somehow Palpatine returned type of silly excuse. Um, but I think, you know, the fact that they have come out and said, you know, like we, we're aware of the book, we're aware of the Katie Lucas scripts, we're aware of the storyline. Do not worry, like it, it's all gonna, it's all gonna fit in place in the puzzle, which is quite reassuring. But it's good to see Sarge back. You know, I think you know, really good character. Um, she's funny, um, she's witty. Um, again, like a sort of a, a strong woman character, also complex. You know, being through a lot. You know, when you think about how she was sort of trained as a Jedi and then sort of was taken and manipulated to become a sort of Sith apprentice. You know all while being a night sister at the same time and then now obviously in the time the clone was at the end you know we see her as sort of a, a gun for hire um bounty hunter so yes very excited to have a sarge back and to see where that goes and i'm hoping it takes us into a, a sarge being a light in the galaxy um a tool for good but we will see do you think the sarge will be doing good things or bad things in this season of the bad batch She's such a complex character, um, uh, and I think even towards the end of her time in um, the Clone Wars um, and the later episodes that she appeared with Ahsoka, um, I think it was very clear that Asaja isn't an evil character. She's a character who, as you say, is being sort of manipulated um, but because of her strong will, once she realised she'd been manipulated, she thought back. Um, so I think her ultimate goal will always be her own survival. But I think she has this um, way about her that if someone's good to her, she'll be good to them. Um, so who knows? It, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I don't... You know, I don't like to predict these days because um, I either get disappointed or I'm like, oh, I was right. So <laughs> I'm just going to look forward to the ride. Indeed. Also returning characters who we know are alive in this time frame is, of course, Cad Bane and Fennec Shand. Obviously both bounty hunters. Um, Cad Bane probably linked more to the Empire than Fennec is, you know, in, in the story time we've had so far. What's your thoughts on Cad Bane and Fennec both being shown in the trailer here in very tiny little sort of splash clips? And do you think they're going to be working for the Empire? And do you think they're going to be hunting down what remains of our favourite Clone Force 99? I have a feeling Cad Bane almost definitely will be working for the Empire. Um, with Fennec Shand... It's hard to tell. And again, she I quite like the fact that she is quite a complex character in that, um, you know, she can change allegiances 
very easily, but more out of respect for how the people treat her. Um, so she's a character that would be interesting to see where she is at this point of the story, because obviously this part of the story is taking us closer and closer to where we first met her in the Book of Boba Fett. It is indeed. I can imagine, like, you know, if she comes into some sort of altercation with a bad batch and they end up sort of saving her by accident or they have to save each other, I can see her then being sort of friendly and acquaintances with Hunter and the gang, but time will tell, I suppose, on that one. Um, you mentioned Palpatine and Conan, you know, we see him here on Mount Tantus, um, the secret Imperial facility where a lot of shady things are going on. Um, he says that you will give them whatever they need as what they are working on right now is imperative to the sort of the future and the security of the Empire. Which again, you know, is that about cloning? Is it about Palpatine clones and clones and Sith clones? And there's what happens here. We're going to have a direct effect to the Sith homeworld that we see in The Rise of Skywalker. Who knows? But they certainly need to do some work there. They want that to not be as laughable as it has been in The Rise of Skywalker. And I think we've seen in The Mandalorian um, that they've shown you these Imperial clone facilities and off-the-books things that are going on. Moff Gideon's one way. Moff Gideon was probably doing that research for the Emperor, but then maybe after the fall, the Empire took it away and to do it himself. Um, so, yes, who, who knows on that one? Do you think we'll get sort of a more of a direct link mentioned about clones cloning and cloning four sensitive Palpatine clones, or do you think it'll not be as um, as clear as that? No, I think this is going to lead to an explanation of how either where we got to with the cloning leading up to like what we've seen, as you say, in um, The Mandalorian, or even further, you know, it could even just be, right, this is what Palpatine was up to. Um, I, I do think that um, Lucasfilm are tired. They're taking on the criticism that they've had about the films, and they seem to be using other media to tie up the loose ends, um, which we've seen in the past that they're quite good at doing. Whether the fans will enjoy the way they've tied up the loose ends is another thing to come. But I, I think that's where they're heading with this route. Um, and, you know, from my point of view, if they can explain what was going on um, and give us a definitive answer, that'd be great. It just uh, it, it draws a line under a lot of complicated issues that don't really need to be there, but are there. Um, and, you know, it's, it's stories. I, uh, I still feel possibly some of the reveals, though, might be held back whatever's going on with the Mandalorian series stroke film um, you know I I know obviously we're getting a film there's still rumours that they are still working on season 4 but I'm not convinced um, but again you know that ties a lot of that ties into what the Empire was up to, you know discovering what the Empire was up to um, after the events of Return of the Jedi. So there's so much stuff that until it appears on our screen, we're never going to know. Indeed. I think for me, the, this trailer was a bit more, you know, I haven't gone back and watched the season one and season two trailers, but it did seem quite, you know, it is the third and final season is what they're calling it. And I did get that sense of finality about it and epicness and, um, and stake and and danger, you know. I think we see a lot of sort of Omega and Crosshair sort of in this, you know, stuck on this planet, having who knows what done to them, stuck there. You know, we see Omega, we see Crosshair looks really depressed and down, and probably just accepted that he's he's, he's done. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But obviously, and we get the sense that time has passed. Yeah, they have been there a while, so that might be why they're running That's... down, like why they're feeling a bit hopeless. Hopeless, and I just think that. Obviously, you know, we hear Hunter say, you know, we need to get back, time has passed, we need to get there. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see how that ties in. I think it's going to be, is going to be emotional and it is going to be quite a lot of serious drama, which is going to be good. Um, 
if you had to guess now, do you, do you think that Omega gets out and do you think that Crosshair gets out? Well, I'm looking at the the titles of the episodes and my feeling is that by the looks of it, we've got 15 episodes. To me, it looks like we're not going to actually see them or either one of them or both of them rescued until episode seven. Um, that's my guess from the titles. And then I think possibly then we're going to be leading up to, I think in that time, there's going to be discoveries made whilst they're imprisoned, which is then going to lead up to the final half of the season and then the final episode um, where, you know, the Bad Batch are going to be really going for the Empire. Um so that that's just me looking at the titles. I reckon there's a good. I reckon Sars Ventress is going to come in about episode nine, um, because that's called the Harbinger, and I I just think that'd be her episode. That's, um, and you know there's just so much stuff going on there, um. It's interesting to see the cavalry has arrived as the title for the finale, um, because obviously yeah, that's and we will do it. We will be doing a deep dive on those titles in a second once we finish up the trailer. Yeah, and going through them all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also, sort of the last, the last thing about go and shoot. No, uh, you go ahead, Pete. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, I think you know the drama, the finality of it all. You know, the, the tenseness, is I'm feeling it. You know, we did get the flashback of Tech falling to his presumed death. But, I mean, again, we've already spoken in this episode alone about, you know, Sarge Ventress was presumed dead, Palpatine was presumed dead, the Grand Inquisitor was presumed dead, Reva was presumed dead, you know. Um, so I'm thinking, is Tech actually dead? And is he serving the Empire now? Or is he working for the Rebellion? Is he dead? Any thoughts on that? Um, I don't, again, I'm, I, I think tech is going to come back. Uh, that's my gut feeling. The lack of mention of tech, apart from obviously seeing him fall and, you know, talking, just makes me feel that that's one of the things that they're, they're keeping their cards close to their chest, but I think they're going to bring him back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see you know, how they approach that, you know, like you say, has he been captured? Is he being, you know, used by the Empire? Tech's a character I can't see that happening to. I could, but again, who knows with the, with where this is going? And that's part of the fun of Star Wars. We can, we can guess, we can second guess, but until it's there, we don't truly know. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I think Tech falling to his death and being taken away from the Bad Batch was very much a, you know, it showed them, it showed the extremes of the situations that they're in and the extremes of the situation in the galaxy. So it was an important death, that makes sense. An important thing to take away from the group, like, you know, things can be taken away and people can be taken. Um, so I'm, un you know, could he come back? I think so, but I think, for me, you know, the, the story purpose of him, you know, being taken was to show not just Omega, but also the Bad Batch themselves that, like, you don't win every battle. You know, you, you've, you've won every week for two seasons, but but now you're not. Because guess what? Like, the, the Empire the Empire and the Almighty and the are a big problem. Um, so we will see what happens there. If he does survive, I don't think he'll be being used by the Empire just because I think... You'd seen that before with Echo when he was being used by the the Separatists when they had him plugged in. If you do you know what, yeah, you know, no, I, yep, I so, know. What you, I I get exactly where you're coming from there. So I feel it would be like too much of like a rehash of that. Um, now I think about it, but yeah, I think overall, like I said, love the trail, love the love the gravitas. Of the situation, I really felt the finality of it. I really felt the drama and what's at stake. I really felt the um, 
the depression and the hopelessness that sort of was in Crosshair's face and it's sort of creeping a little bit into Omega, but I can see her still being the positive light in that prison situation, maybe trying to cheer up Crosshair. Um, we got a shot of um, the female doctor who was there, who is a female clone of Django Fett, I believe. Um, so again, that's going to come into play a little bit. So it is very, very interesting. And, you know, Palpatine, we see him in the trailer. I think we're probably going to see him a little bit, not too much, but pulling the strings in the background as always. Um, I suppose my last thought on the trailer before we dive into the episode's titles is, you know, do you think Asajj here for one episode? I think Ventress is going to be about for for a lot of the season. I'm not sure. Again, it's one of those things you never know. I'd like to think that because she's such a strong character, that maybe she's going to be in it more. Um, I I just never know. You know, it could just be bring her back, finish off her storyline, done, or it could be. I'm going to be this character is so important to the history of what's gone before with the Clone Wars. We want to make her a bigger part right up to the end. Um, so again, it's it's hard to second guess. I'd like, I would like, and I've said a long for a lot of times. You know, if I if there was other season, other series that I'd like to see. It was more about Asajj Ventress because she was one of my favourite characters. So if that happens, then great. I'd bring it on as far as I'm concerned because she is a great character. So diving into the episode schedule. So obviously we've got the trailer. The tour so we're getting a three-episode premiere and they also dropped us not just the date of that three-episode premiere, which is the 21st of February, but also all of the dates for... Um, all the episodes so yep on the 21st of february we get a three episode season three debut the episodes are called confined paths unknown and shadows of tantus so i imagine that's where we're going to get a lot of uh the tantus stuff you know we're going to see omega and we're going to see crosshair being you know downtrodden and down on luck and probably feeling pretty hopeless we're going to see what the bad batch are doing and how they're planning on how they're dealing with you know not having Omega, and then Shadows of Time, I think we're going to see, you know, part of the team scheming and what he's got those doctors working on. Um, then on the 28th of February, we've got episode four, A Different Approach, and then on the 6th of March, we have The Return, and then on the 13th of March, we have a double episode week, so I don't know if there'll be a, so there should be air on the same day, and that's Infiltration and Extraction, so it could very well be the Infiltration and Extraction of Crosshair and or Omega, all the other way around. On the 20th of March, we've got Bad Territory, which will be episode 8. On the 27th of March, we have The Harbinger. On the uh, 3rd of April, we have another double episode, Identity Crisis and Points of No Return. On the 10th of April, we have Juggernaut, which will be the 12th episode. On the 17th of April, we have Into the Breach. On the 14th, Sorry, no, on the 24th of April, we have episode 14, Flash Strike. And then on the 5th, sorry, on the 1st of May, we have The Cavalry Has Arrived, which is the finale of the third and final season of The Bad Batch. I think for me what's interesting is, you know, we always get sometimes more episodes at the beginning and sometimes at the end, although we haven't been given more at the end yet. It's not a double episode finale. It's just a one episode finale. But, you know, we've got the triple episode debut. But then we have, you know, sort of, it's almost in quarters. You know, we have the beginning, which is three episodes, and then a quarter of the way through, we have a double episode. Then another quarter of the way through, which would be halfway through, we have a double episode, and then we have the finale. So for me, it's a bit like, I wonder if these are on purpose. Like, is the things happening these episodes where they're going to give with like a, a one-two punch, big hit of emotion, of drama, the climatic stuff, setting things up for maybe the, the back end of the season. Um, So I don't know what your thoughts are on how, how we're getting, on how there's sort of, one triple episode, then two double episodes, evenly balanced throughout the season, and how that affects how the season's going to play out. To, as you say, to me, it looks like they've got a carefully crafted way of presenting these, um, and the you know almost I would say it sounds like they've almost got it episodic, with like you say 
the first section will be you'll get that adventure then the second section and then the final section it it all it, it just looks very carefully planned which i would expect being the final season them to do um you know and it's like i said obviously um we've talked about it off air but obviously um although dave filoni's a very busy man i can't imagine that he's not keeping an eye on how it's done to tie everything up and also you know brad ray's done a brilliant job of what he's done so far um and i just i, I think this there's been a lot of thought gone into this um that's my feeling um you know the two seasons we've had so far have had clear paths and have been an exciting ride um there's been criticism that you know and everyone loved the clone wars and they've said oh it's just a continuation but I, especially in the second season, I felt that the Bad Batch found their own feet, their own identity of what that season was. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how these stories play out. Um, but it, it, it's given a shout, almost going back to the way, or it looks like almost the way that we used to get the different arcs in the Clone Wars, um, which, like you said, they they worked, you know, when you think of like the Mortis art and stuff like that, you can put those episodes together and you've got mini films in in their own right. And I think that's what they're doing here. Yeah, definitely. And I just think it's crazy to think that we're gonna have you know it's fifteen episodes, but it's gonna span from sort of towards the end of February or we'll be up until May, you know, we'll get an episode on May the first. Um, so just just before May the fourth, which is quite cool. So you know, we've got like, you know, like all of March, all of April, like two two and a half months of Star Wars content weekly, which is quite cool. Um, when you look at that way, which is really awesome. Um, no word on the running time. Busy boys. Yeah, no word on the running time of the episodes. As we said, some of them are double episodes, but uh, you know, with the being Disney Plus, which is where it'll be streamed, where you can watch it from February twenty first. Um, you know. It, they don't have to stick to the the normal format of television, so you know, t- t- twenty two minutes plus adverts for for Cartoon Network or whatever. Do you know what I mean? For, for for normal syndicated TV, so you know, it could all just be the same, right? You know, fitting in that half hour time slot, but um, you know, some of them might go over, which could be really cool, especially that finale maybe, but we don't know that. Um, so yeah, time will tell. But that is all for me on the Bad Batch. As well, if you've got any closing thoughts on the Bad Batch before we move on, Jason. No, I'm just. You know, I'm just looking forward to the 21st. Um, I'm going to have to try and get watching them as quickly as possible. Indeed. Um, so moving on from that, obviously, you know, there's been a lot of news sort of every week coming out about the new Ray movie um, that Daisy really will be starring in, reprising her role as Ray Skywalker um, from the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um Obviously, you know, we know it's Daisy really returned to star in the movie being directed by Shamin Obeid Chinoy. Um, so Daisy has been discussing her newest movie, which is sometimes I think about dying. Uh, a nice, happy title there, I suppose. Um, you know, which is in cinemas on the 26th of January if you want to watch it. But, um, you know, a lot of the talk's been about, you know, the continuation of Ray. This, you know, it's being coined as the new Jedi Order, perhaps. Um, like I said, directed by... Charmaine Abed Chinoy. Um, and you know, she was asked about will it be weird making a Star Wars movie without her co stars, you know, in particular Adam Driver, John Boyer, Gascar Isaac, etc. And uh, what she said is no, because I don't know what is what or who is who in the new movie. So much has happened for me since the Skywalker saga. I feel like I've grown up now. When I first started, I was like 20, I was the youngest on set. It took me the first two Star Wars films to feel worthy of being there. Now I'm in my 30s, the whole thing feels quite different. I've been able to work with other filmmakers and hopefully I've got better as a performer. Um, then she was asking, you know, you're reprising your roles Ray in the new Star Wars movie directed by Shamini Obey Chinoy. How will the franchise's first female filmmaker unpack the series? Um, and obviously she wanted to say that she didn't know. She was obviously excited to do the job, um, but not because Shamini is a woman. Uh, obviously, Shamini Obey Chinoy has done a lot of really awesome documentaries um, and documentaries are amazing um, her idea for the story is cool as shit is what she said uh, pardon my French 
she didn't give any spoilers on that though. Um, but you know, Daisy really has received a rundown of the entire story uh, from Charmaine, and it's got her really, really excited. Um, and she's gone to say that you know, if it wasn't amazing, she wouldn't have been so happy to do it. She probably would have been a bit more reluctant and have said, "Okay, call me in five years." But she said it's really, really worthwhile. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Obviously, not much information there, but it's great to see that. Um, She's obviously very excited to be coming back to Star Wars. You know, she feels older, wiser, you know, a better actress. You know, even though even though her performances were fantastic in the sequel trilogy, but, you know, she, she feels she can bring even more to the role now and even better. You know, she thinks this story is absolutely wonderful and can't wait to sort of dive in and do it, which is fantastic. Um, so I don't know what your overall thoughts are on, you know, where we are so far with the new Ray movie. And obviously, um, yeah, just sort of, what you're hoping for at the minute, and do you think it'll start shooting this year or not? I suppose is my what I want to hear from you, Jason. Um, it's an interesting one. I, I'm excited in some ways because I think there's a lot that could be done with the character. Um, obviously, a lot that could be done with the whole, you know, rediscovery of the Jedi almost. Um, and as we know, Ray's got those ancient texts that Luke was so determined to destroy um and i just i I'm, it's one of those things that in some ways i was thinking okay move on from the skywalker characters but because of ray being such a young character and having the potential to do so much um i'm quite looking forward to it and you know i I like the fact that it's a strong female lead that it's going to be you know a story I'm I'm convinced it will be a you know very deeply Star Wars story um, because I think they know that's what the fans want um, and the fact that obviously she's she's heard the idea she knows the direction it's going in um, I don't think she would have easily gone back into this if it hadn't been for that. So, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Daisy Ridley, I, I think, towards the end, really, as she says in this, she sort of grew up with her acting in those three films. And by The Rise of Skywalker, I think she showed herself to be a really strong character actor and everything. So it, I'm looking forward to seeing where Ray's journey leads. I suspect that, you know, obviously Adam Driver's quite vocally said that he's done with the character of Kylo Ren. Um, and I actually think maybe that fits with how the series ended. Um, you know, I'd rather they don't go back over that sort of thing. Um, John Boyega, I think, could easily come back as Finn and it would fit very nicely with, obviously, his relationship with Ray. Um, and everyone would love to see Poe Dameron back, that's for sure. And there's so many other characters that could easily slot in. They don't even need to have big parts, but it would, you know, just for Ray to come across these characters on whatever journey she's going on. But also it'd be really nice to see some new interesting characters brought back into it. Um, so there's so much potential, and that is the thing with Star Wars. It's got such a huge canvas to use, and so many great characters that have been created over the years that, you know, it's exciting times, really. It certainly is. I'm also excited about just that. We're obviously very happy about the project, you know, and I think, and they're invested in it, the people who are involved, which is, you know, the most important thing at this stage, I think. So, yes, absolutely buzzing with that. Moving on from there, obviously we spoke last week about um, the Hasbro Pulse Star Wars fan stream event, which took place um, at the beginning of last week, I believe, uh, so it happened just after we recorded, um, so there were some pipeline reveals, um, so we're going to quickly go over those, so yeah, for Star Wars, the Black Series collecting line, the pipeline reveals where we're going to get an IG-12, um, Grogu and an Anzalian 3-pack, so I believe IG-12 is what Grogu was inside of the IG-11 body when we were controlling it, especially yep. with using the no button lots. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, so we'll get Grogu who fits inside the IG-12 unit and the Anzalians will be with them as well, which the Anzalians are the Babu Freak creatures who are good at fixing things. 
Um, a Mandalorian Night Owl um, is coming as well, which is fantastic. Obviously, the Night Owls are obviously what Bogotan was sort of during the events of the Clone Wars towards the end, I believe. Um, along with Sabine Wren's mom, was a Night Owl as well. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor 3 pack. That is a Amazon exclusive, and I believe it's going to be a battle B1 battle droid, a B2 battle droid, and one of the um, Magnat Guards, which would be pretty cool. Um, obviously, all with the different paintwork and the, the aging on them. So, obviously, this is well after the events of the Phantom Menace and the Clone Wars. Um, a single card, it's a battle droid on its own, which I think will be painted in the way of Attack of the Clones, I imagine. Um, and there's also going to be. Uh, so it's not in the figure line, but in the Black Series helmet line, a Moff Gideon roleplay helmet, as in his helmet that he wears in the Season 3 of The Mandalorian, uh, which is sort of him pretending to be a Mandalorian, which would be pretty cool. And then in the Vintage Collection pipeline, so this is the three three-quarter inch line, um, it's going to be a four-pack uh, of Ahsoka R7A7 CH3P, which is called Cheap. And uh, RGG1, GG, so it's a four pack, it's three droids and Ahsoka, um, remember the droids helping her in that finale of the Clone Wars, um, HK87 himself, um, Dark Trooper on a single card, which is pretty cool, um, we're going to be getting Ahsoka the White from the end of the Ahsoka series, which would be pretty cool, um, the Mandalorian, we're going to get a Bogotan from the Mandalorian season three, and we're going to get a Cobb Vanth in the three, three quarter inch line, um, in the Boba Fett armor, which would be pretty cool. I don't know yeah, what your thoughts are on those, but uh, which ones you got your eye on? Um, I, I have to admit, I love the Moff Gideon, the idea of Moff Gideon's helmet, um, because that'd just be cool. Um, I, 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 I would probably also be tempted by the Bo Katan because I'm just a huge Bo Katan fan. Um, so yeah, there's some really nice reveals. And I'm looking at um, the the other stuff, the images of the stuff that's due to be released that was out as well on the day. I've got that uh, next. Oh, yeah. that's I, like could, next. I, I could spend a small fortune, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I have to admit the pipeline stuff does look really, really good. Um, Cobb Vanth again, that'd be a really cool figure. Um, maybe to go alongside a, a figure of um, Boba Fett from the same series that looked quite cool. Yeah, so those were the pipeline reviews. So the pipeline are sort of down the line. Um, you know, they're yeah. not they're not in hand. We haven't got any models of them. Uh, no production shots. No mock-ups. Um, nothing like that. No concept art currently. Um, there was also the announcements of um, new additions that are coming soon. Uh, so the two biggest ones are probably the double pack of Sabine Wren and Chopper. So these are in the three three quarter inch line, the vintage collection, and these come on the um, the art cards of Star Wars Rebels. So essentially, we're getting four members of the Ghost crew with the the Ghost Haslab, um, and those come on the Muriel cards. And then obviously, this is Sabine and Chopper that come on the same Muriel cards, and it's the only way to get them. Um, it's from Hasbro Pulse, and it's up for pure now to get. Um, so yeah, they're available. Um, looks like the Sabine comes with some really blasters, jetpack helmet, and a sort of a force shield for a wrist. And the chopper comes with a tool and two Lothcats. So some nice little accessories there. But I suppose the biggest point is the fact they come on the Muriel cards for Star Wars Rebels, and they look absolutely fantastic. Moving on from there, uh, we are getting game tying with the Phantom Menace anniversary of 25 years. Uh, we are getting the Destroyer Droid, the Droidiger, in the Black Series line. So I imagine that will be classed as a um, deluxe with the size of it. It probably shouldn't because it doesn't like, doesn't come with any accessories. But looking at the pictures, it looks like it perfectly rolls up into a ball and can roll, as well as can go and attack more than attack. So the Droidiger finally in that in that six-inch line is going to be quite cool and look awesome on shelves. Um, we're getting a Grand Animal Throne in the Black Series line as his appearance in Ahsoka the TV series. Obviously we've already had him in our um you know in the in the in the Rebels version, but now we are getting him as as the Ahsoka interpretation, which would be pretty cool. We're getting a phase one clone trooper. And the biggest feature on this is that the clone trooper has a removable helmet to reveal the Django Effect clone, which is pretty cool. And he does come with sort of blaster and a heavy blaster. 
back to the three three quarter inch vintage collection we're going to be getting clone commander x um it is the bar bat version from the braca mission removable helmet um comes with blasters as well which is pretty cool excited to get that and then also keeping with the vintage collection the three three quarter inch line you're also getting the mandalorian which is the mines of mandalore version so this is him and he's you know goes into the mines of mandalore with bogatan um but he goes in on his own i suppose with Grogu. he gets captured and then bogatan comes and saves him um so pretty pretty cool uh we're also getting a grogu um in the three three quarter inch vintage collection line and he comes with um essentially his baby pram i don't know what else you call it his little transport ball and that opens up as well and it comes a little stand so you can hover it which is pretty cool and it also comes i believe with his um little best car vest that he gets as well and then keep things mandalorian we're also going to be getting the mandalorian fleet commander um from the mandalorian series that we saw in play at the end there and then we also are going to get axe wolves as well the privateer version so this is when we find him on that planet when after bogotan lost the mandos chest we'll get them back and we see axe wolves and axe wolves and her have a have a battle um and it's that version of axe wolves which is pretty cool and then we're going original trilogy we're getting luke skywalker as an x-wing pilot in the vintage collection three three quarter inch line again comes a removable helmet comes a blaster um and i'm not sure if it comes a lightsaber or not i can't see that in the pictures um so yeah possibly not with a lightsaber there we go so yeah that's that's what we've got images of both on card and loose um which was announced at the hasbro pulse event as well any of those that have got you got your eyes on you know you'll be able to probably pick these up in the next few weeks months i'd imagine if you really want them yep straight away um the rex figure absolutely love that um would would be tempted by two one to take out and one to keep on card um i do the more i look at it the more i really like the mandalorian um figure and also because uh, axe woes is one of my favorite characters um as well i quite like that that is a really cool figure and also luke skywalker um luke's not normally a character that I sort of look out for, but um, that does look like a really cool figure. Um, and I've just read through description, and from the looks of it, you do just get a blaster and the helmet, no lightsaber. Um, so, yeah, no, that is, I, I, I really do like a lot of those. I'm going to have to start saving my pennies. You are indeed. I'm definitely I pre-ordered my vintage collection Sabine and Chopper. Obviously, you know I've got it. I've backed the Ghost. The Ghost is coming. Hopefully, back into this year it will ship. Um, you know, and with that, I'll get Kanan, I'll get Ezra, um, I'll get Zeb, and I'll get Hera on those lovely vintage collection cards that have the Ghost Crew, Ghost Crew Muriel painted on the back of them. Um, and then obviously we adding Sabine Ren and Chopper to that. So I've pre-ordered mine there, and the pre-order is up, so I recommend getting those while you can. Um, moving on from that, we've also had some Lego announcements. Um, so I'll let you take those away and take us through, through what Lego have announced and what's coming. Yeah, well, none of these were really announced by Lego. They were accidentally found online. Um, we knew these were sort of coming, or we had an idea. Um, but obviously, this is the first look that we've got at the 25th anniversary of Lego Star Wars and what's coming out this year. Um, the first one that straight away took my eye was obviously um, the R2-D2 um, model. I was a little bit surprised because it's not that long ago since they did um, R2-D2, but obviously they've decided to do it again and it does look like a really cool um model um so i could be tempted by that and the price points on both of these um from what i've seen from the foreign markets um who sort of accidentally leaked them beforehand they look really reasonable um so i think the r2 is slightly smaller than the previous design 
um, but it's cool. And then we've got this brilliant um, Town Tier 4 um, set, similar to um, a lot of the other um, sort of um, models they've been doing recently. Um, for example, the Dark Trooper set from The Mandalorian. Um, so these are really good sort of displays. Um, and obviously, you know, classic scene, Vader arriving um, down that corridor. Um, and you've got um, Captain Antilles and two Rebel Fleet troopers along with two um, Arc troopers, um, no, Stormtroopers. So they look really, really cool. But obviously the bonuses with these is because of the 25th anniversary, they're giving us with each set a little minifigure as a, as a sort of anniversary present. So we, with the R2, you get Darth Malak, which is a character, obviously, who's not... Uh, who's out of... Um, is it Knights of the Old Republic, Pete? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, this is a figure I think they have done in the past, but is one that the fans have really wanted. Um, so And it looks really cool. So you get that... And I believe it's coming with a little display stand like they've done in the past. So that'll look, be a really cool presentation piece. And I think a lot of people want that just as a collector. So to get that, really great. And then with the Tantive set, you get the Arc Trooper, which again looks like a really, really nice, from the images I've seen, you know, really detailed minifigure. Um, that would go with any collection. Um, and as I said, the I think I saw um, the price point for the Tantive set was about $49, I think, $49.99. And I think I saw the R2 was about $99.99. So neither of those sets are overly expensive for what you're getting. Um, so, yeah, I think that... Lego have got it pretty good on these ones. No, it certainly does seem cool, and it's good to see them, you know, catering for all generations. And I suppose, you know, with some of you know, doing a Malik minifigure, you know, is, is a cool little um, niche, you know, getaway. You know, they could have easily done a Luke Skywalker or something like that, who they've done countless times and people got loads of, but, you know, they've kept that one pretty pretty niche and cool which is awesome you know as a collector that's what you want you want to get new figures in the line and figures that haven't been in the line much and new versions of them which is exciting um i think that brings in everything that we have planned to talk about on the episode is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't covered jason yeah obviously the i will just mention that obviously london toy fair there were a few announcements this year, this week that sort of caught my eye um I know a lot of the stuff sort of kept secret and like um, was were embargoed, so um, Jedi News couldn't report everything. But one of the things personally that I'm looking for that I might have to try and get for my daughter is she. I think I've mentioned before she started collecting the Bitty Pops, and um, they've released or they're going to be bringing out a really cool Death Star shaped display stand um so i think i might have to treat her to that at some point um and there was something and de novo of um they've done a rather cool um sabine helmet that has um appeared um and obviously they're they're doing more and more of the helmets now and really um, I know when we were at Celebration, I had a good look around their store um, or their stand and at different helmets. And the Sabine Wren one does look really, really cool. Um, and I, I'm just not going to let my daughter see that one um, for a while yet. Um, but there's there's stuff on the way, which I'm quite looking forward to. Um it's just there's so much stuff. I think I'm going to have to find another job. Indeed, always the biggest problem is paying for it all. But one thing that brings into the episode: where can the people find you on social media, Jason? As always, at Hondo Ling. 
And you can find me on Twitter or X, as it's now called, and on Instagram at Jory Jedi Pete. You can find the podcast on X or Twitter, as it was once known, at Boar's Star. You can also find the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever else, at Star Boar's Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please just leave us a five-star review. Um, makes us smile for a long time. Only takes you a few moments, and it helps other people find the show. And again, if you're listening on any of the other wonderful podcast apps out there, again, just leave us a top review. If you don't mind, again, it just makes us smile a lot and helps people find the show. But no, that brings an end to this week's wonderful episode. May the fourth, may the fourth, I shouldn't say may the force be with you all. I'm jumping the gun on a few months early um, on that one. No, may the force be with you all. And remember, always tell that to Kanja Club. The Dorky Diva Show presents Why is this seat so much more comfortable? The long-awaited sequel to the adventures of the Zolan Dart audio drama. Have you seen the captain's data pad? Trying to work, Murph. Piloting the Zolandart by himself. You do understand the details of this particular job, correct? I've been on plenty of jobs like this. With you! Reldar Sias returns to a planet he thought he'd left behind for good. Is there a reason you didn't mention I was tagging along? Hopefully having you there will make others think twice about messing with me. Making new friends. Oh, you must be the pilot of the Zolandart, yes? I guess I am. And reconnecting with old ones. Reldar? Vera? What are you doing here? Until past grudges resurface. I'd be minding my own business if I were you. Well, if your business wasn't being handled right in front of my face, maybe I could mind my own business. We have to leave. Now. Why the rush all of a sudden? We're in trouble. If it isn't little Reldar Sayus. Hey, Yorick. <laughs> Long time no see. Rose already knows you're here. Oh. Look who decided to come home. Reldar must confront his origin. I must admit, I never saw this as being a part of your past, Softshell. Or let it define his future. I will get what is owed to me, no matter the cost. Because what Roz is trying to do is wrong. Says you. My blasters, we're going to need these. Take that, Slavo. <laughs> Who do you think you are? The Adventures of the Zolan Dart, Episode 2, coming soon.